ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाया ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाया ओम नमो भगवते Chapter 16, I don't know how to say that in Korean. Chapter 16, text 24, translation and commentary by His Divine Grace Shula A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, founder Acharya and Viscom. Tasmat chastram pramanam te karya karya vyavastito gyatva shastra vidhanotam karya kartam viharhasi. Karma Please read the translation I have nothing new to say. This is what Prabhupada said when he arrived in Vrindavan in nineteen seventy seven. He came for the last this was his last journey. He came to Vrindavan to leave this world. On in his arrival address he began it with the words, I have nothing new to say. Generally it's considered that if someone is going to address others or give a lecture, he should say something new. Tell some new jokes or some new stories, or something new, something different. But in Vedic culture, one's qualification to speak is that he doesn't say anything new. He speaks that which is eternally a fact. There is no use, if we are going to speak seriously, there is no use to speak about anything that, but that which is a fact, and Vedic knowledge is meant for understanding the ultimate facts, ultimate reality. Now that is to be understood from Shastra. Shastra means the Supreme Absolute Truth, the Personality of Godhead, is communicating with us who are fallible living beings. The Supreme Personality of Godhead is free from the four defects of conditioned souls. Brahma Brahma Dvipalipsa Karana Partav Arya Vigyavake Nahido Sheshan. This uh, mistakes, uh, illusions, cheating propensity, and imperfect senses. These uh, four imperfections are not present in the words of learned, advanced personalities. That is why the conclusion of, or, or what actual sadhus teach, that doesn't change. What Brahma spoke at the beginning of creation to Narad, what all the great Mahajans have spoken during history, is still to be taught. Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. This is the ultimate conclusion of Vedic knowledge. There's nothing new to be added to that. Krishna is eternally fresh and new. It doesn't become boring to serve Krishna. But the fact that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead and we, the Jeevas, are His eternal servants, that is eternal and fixed and unchangeable. It is not that because some foolish people think that some Baba is now God, that He has become so, because that is not the conclusion of Shastra. Everything is to be understood from Shastra, as stated in this verse. This verse begins with the word Tasmat, which means therefore. This word is in opposition to the previous verse and in opposition to the rest of the chapter. This chapter is entitled The Divine and Demoniac Natures. 
in the beginning of the chapter, Krishna, in four verses, summarizes the position of the godly persons. Abhayam Sattva Samshuti Agyana Yoga Vivasiti and so many qualities he's given. Fearlessness, uh, situate, being situated in the absolute truth. Jnana Yoga Vivasiti, endeavoring for knowledge of the absolute truth. All these are symptoms of divinely situated persons. Then in the rest of the chapter, Krishna, or for most of the rest of the chapter, Krishna describes the symptoms of demoniac persons. And among the various demoniac qualities, he states, Demoniac people do not know what is proper action and what is improper action. They do not know how to differentiate. Uh, Krishna, towards the end, just in the previous verse, which, which is the penultimate verse of this chapter, Krishna states that those who reject Shastra, those who do not follow Shastra, then they cannot attain the supreme destination of human life. And therefore this word comes, tasma, therefore. Therefore one should follow scriptural injunctions. Karya, akarya. What is to same thing, same thing, pravriting cha, nivriting cha. What is to be done, what is not to be done. One should know this. Now how to know this from Shastra? Shastra means that which is given by the Supreme Lord, who knows what is correct and what is not correct. Shastra means uh, that is a, a guide to life by he who knows what is the purpose of life. Krishna and the various sages who on behalf of Krishna have compiled the Shastra, they are aware of the functioning of the universe with all its subtle laws. Prabhupada once gave the example, I was personally present when he gave it. That, that interview is there in the Science of Self-Realization with Mike Robinson. When Prabhupada had to, to verify the point that Prabhupada is making, Prabhupada had one of his disciples, I think it was Harikeshan, to, he had him read from Bhagavad Gita, the Sanskrit verse. And then uh, Mike Robinson, the interviewer, he asked that what, this is the scripture, he asked to explain something what about the scriptures. And you're, you're often quoting from scripture. And Prabhupada gave the example, he said, it's just like when you purchase a microphone, a manual comes with it which explains how to use it, what is its purpose, how to best use it. So Prabhupada explained that in the same way the scriptures come with the creation. That they explain what the purpose of the creation is and how to utilize it in the best possible manner. Without knowing what is the purpose of a microphone, without getting information, one could use it in various ways. You could use it for scratching your head or hitting someone else on the head with it. You could use it to stir soup. There are various uses which a microphone could theoretically be put to. However, that is not the best use of a microphone and if you use it like that, then its actual purpose will not only not be used, but it will not be possible to use it for the purpose that it's meant to be used for. So if we follow the directions of Shastra about how to live in this world to attain the proper boon of human life, the goal of human life, then we will be able to easily progress towards that goal. But if we fail to do so, 
And Shastra means scripture, by the way, for those who may not know, I'm using this word. Uh, but we usually use the word Shastra because in the Western countries when they say scripture, people usually think of the Bible. So we're talking about the Vedic scriptures. So the Vedic scriptures, they're not opposed to the Bible, but they're more comprehensive. So unless we take knowledge from Shastra of the purpose of life, then we may lead our lives in various ways, but we'll actually misuse our life. Consulting Shastra, we may have some vague idea of spirituality, religious life, or belief in God. But without being guided by Shastra, we won't be able to uh, properly utilize our human form of life in order to become free from illusion and properly situated in God consciousness or Krishna consciousness. Because life is complex and we are complex beings, our social dealings tend to be complex, our psychological condition is complex. So. Shastra gives direction by which we can understand how to act in every circumstance in such a manner that we can be elevated in spiritual consciousness. Now, if, if we say elevated in spiritual consciousness, this sounds rather vague. And persons who are, are not situated in proper Shastric knowledge, uh, they may consider that all there are very many different ways of spiritual elevation. But spiritual elevation ultimately means to understand who we are, what is our relationship with the Supreme Absolute Truth. And there is much confusion in this matter. Mostly people do not understand what the Supreme Absolute Truth is. Therefore, they, due to lack of proper knowledge from Shastra, they may consider some Baba or any other cheetah as being the Supreme Truth. Uh, it's, it's very common that uh, people consider themselves to be the Supreme Truth. But if we get knowledge from Shastra, then it becomes very clear that Krishna is the Supreme Absolute Truth, Personality of Godhead. And that we, the Jivas, the living beings, are all His eternal servants. This is very clear from Bhagavad Gita if we understand it as it is. Now, one of the problems in receiving knowledge from Shastra uh, actually, there is no problem, but people have created problems. Now, often people who actually they don't understand Shastra, but they take some part of Shastra and misquote it or misinterpret it and come to the wrong conclusion. This is why we're very upset with this Baba who... Actually, we shouldn't give him so much importance, but it's very distressing to see how he is misleading people. Because he represents himself as Krishna, which is anyone who has any slight knowledge of Shastra can understand he's not at all. But uh, people without knowledge of Shastra or with only superficial knowledge, uh, they accept him as such. So this, uh, as I was saying, life is very complex and we are very complex beings. Actually, there's no need to be complex, because our, our position is very clear that we are eternal servants of Krishna. But we, we develop a complex psychology due to not wanting to surrender to Krishna. Our intelligence becomes oppositely focused. When we become the servants of Maya, instead of serving Krishna, 
then we develop so many, 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 many material desires. Otherwise the jiva, or the soul in the pure state, has only one basic desire, which is to satisfy Krishna. But having forgotten Krishna and developing so many material desires, then we develop a very complex psychology. So even if we can superficially understand from Shastra that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, still we need guidance from Shastra to fully develop and internalize this understanding. Otherwise we see there, of, of course, even to understand or even superficially accept that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, that is a very rare achievement for a conditioned soul. But to fully act on that principle and to fully surrender to Krishna, it, it's often difficult for conditioned souls due to having so many residual material desires. Therefore, Shastra very practically gives us directions how we can act in this world so that we can become purified. Becoming purified, that uh, basically means to become freed from lust, greed and anger, which Krishna has stated two verses previously to this. Krishna stated that these are the three gates leading to hell. Trividham Narakasyedam. There were four verses. Two, three verses before this. Trividham Narakasyedam. Dwaram Nashanam Atmanaha. Kamas Krodas Tatalovas. Kama Krodas Tatalovas. Tasmad Eitat Trayam Tyajit. So one has to become purified and freed from these contaminations. Becoming freed from these contaminations means to be situated in pure Krishna consciousness. But at the same time, these impulses, lust, anger and greed, are very strong. So that even if one is uh, trying to be Krishna conscious, one may be swayed by lust, anger and greed. This is not simply a theoretical discussion, but it can be practically observed in day-to-day -day life. That... Uh, Someone is practicing Krishna consciousness, but then they become victims of lust. They might uh, fall into illicit sex. Or due to anger, they may uh, unnecessarily offend a Vaishnava and fall down in that way. Or due to greed, they may have access to some funds which have been collected for the service of Krishna, and they may debunk with those funds. We see this sometimes in our Krishna conscious movement. This is uh, the practical reality that even persons who are trying to practice Krishna consciousness, not that everyone who is trying to practice Krishna consciousness is immediately perfect, and they may become victims of this lust, anger and greed. Therefore, Krishna recommends one should act according to the injunctions of Shastra. Now here Prabhupada states that those who are engaged in devotional service by all the injunctions of the Vedas of those who are not in Krishna consciousness. Now this may seem unusual to you because living in this country you may think, well, who else is going to follow the Vedic injunctions except the devotees? But this, ref this is referring to the broader Vedic culture in which there are devotees and non-devotees also who follow the Vedic injunctions. So the devotees, they don't have to follow all the minor rules and regulations, and even some of the major rules, as strictly as do the what non-devotees, they generally fall in the category of smartas, or those who follow the smriti shastra without a sense of devotional service. 
But this doesn't mean that devotees don't follow the rules of scriptures, not at all. Rather, the devotees, they follow the scriptural injunctions which are specifically meant for advancing in devotional service. Now, if one fails to follow the scriptural injunctions, if one is superficially engaged in devotional service, that will not actually help one advance. Rather, as Rupa Goswami has quoted, such so-called devotional service without following the rules and regulations of scripture, that will cause a disturbance in society. Shruti, Smriti, Puranadi, Pancharatra, Vithin Vina, Aikantiki, Hare Bhaktir, Utpate, Quoting from Narad Pancharatra, Rupa Goswami states that so-called devotional service that does not strictly follow the scriptures, such as the the Shruti and Smriti, that's the whole gamut of Vedic literatures, and the, the Puranas, then the uh, Mahabharata, Ramayana. One, if one does not follow this, then Pancharatra, Narada Pancharatra, then that so-called devotional service, it's actually a disturbance. And we practically see that in India and now in the Western countries also. That uh, many people, they like to chant Hare Krishna, but they don't like to follow the rules and regulations of Shastra. Or they say, I follow what I like to follow. That means not actually follow. Because following means that you accept the, uh, the authority of Shastra. If you say, I follow what I like to follow, then actually you're following your own mind. And as Krishna states in the verse previous to this, that those who neglect the injunctions of Shastra and act according to their whims, they cannot attain perfection. Nevertheless, we find some devotees, you say devotees of sorts, who they like to chant Hare Krishna when they like, as much as they like, and no more. And though they know very well that there are Shastra conjunctions which they're supposed to follow, they don't care very much to follow them. And thus they invent such things as, I follow three regulated principles, two and a half regulated principles, whatever that means, I can't understand. Uh, but that, of course, if someone is weak, uh, and they, they find themselves not able to follow, that is one thing. Actually, everyone can follow. No one is forcing anyone to break regulated principle. That may also be that someone, just like some, someone is at home and their parents are forcing you have to eat meat, it may be difficult not to. Although if one is determined to remain pure, he can do in any situation. But if, one, if a devotee is weak and he admits, yes, I'm weak, that's one thing. But if, he's, if he says, if he tries to justify that, yes, I follow only two principles and that's okay, there's nothing wrong. And they'll misquote Shastra. For instance, they may say that, well, chanting Hare Krishna is so purifying that you don't have to follow all these rules. But actually they have no, they have no intention to be purified, otherwise they would follow the rules which are meant for purification. So we have to be uh, very careful to remain honest in our devotional service. Because it's very easy to slip into misconceptions and into actually offensive conceptions which are not at all devotional. Due to lack of proper Shastra knowledge, people who are sentimentally attracted to Krishna consciousness may get simultaneously attracted to all kinds of bogus things. 
So they like to come, they like the bhajans here. And there are other groups doing bhajans and think, that's also very nice, I'll go there also. And uh, they'll quote some mushy, nebulous kind of impersonalistic aphorisms that, well, it's all the same. And you see, uh, they're also very spiritual people, you see, they smile. But smiling, uh, that is not, we don't find anywhere in Shastra that it's stated that simply if someone smiles, they become a spiritual person. One actually has to follow the principles of Shastra. Principles, that means a person has to be principled. One cannot live like a cat and a dog and at the same time make spiritual advancement. A devotee has to be uh, very strong in his principles. He has to be convinced that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead and that my life is meant for serving Krishna and therefore we are prepared to do whatever is required to serve Krishna. And actually there's nothing difficult to follow. There's nothing difficult in the process of Krishna consciousness. But we have to be convinced that this is desirable. And of course it is desirable. Who would not want to serve Krishna? Uh, what's the alternative? Repeated birth and death. Uh, and even in this life, what's the alternative? This, this whole way of like, materialistic way of life is so miserable. So if one is convinced about Krishna consciousness, then uh, following this process becomes very easy. There's nothing difficult to taking Krishna prasadam, chanting Hare Krishna. And uh, certainly a devotee who uh, is advancing Krishna consciousness, they take pleasure in following the principles of Krishna consciousness. They like to chant Hare Krishna, they like to eat only Krishna prasadam, they like to study Shastra. But uh, proper understanding from Shastra is required, otherwise one cannot remain fixed in these principles. Especially in the uh, very materialistic civilization that we presently live in, in which the lust, greed and anger rule these three gates leading to hell are the basis of modern civilization. So Shastra, the Shastric injunctions, they help to protect us from being victimized by lust, anger, greed. It is very much to our advantage to adopt these in our lives. And we also have to be convinced by regularly studying Shastra of the necessity of being Krishna conscious. Srila Prabhupada has given the example that every day we have to eat food, otherwise we become weak. So in the same way we have to regularly, daily, study Shastra so that we can be spiritually strong. Particularly we have to read Srila Prabhupada's books, which very clearly and straightforwardly delineate the purpose of life, the supreme position of Krishna, and how to act in a manner that we can become fully Krishna conscious. It may be that Devotees, they read Srila Prabhupada's books and then they think, I read them. But actually we have to continue to read them. Otherwise we won't remain strong in Krishna consciousness. Even there are many other books which are written by devotees. I'm also writing books. I'm not against that by any means. That must That is kirtan, glorification of Krishna, that must go on. Writing books means to glorify Krishna, Writing books in Krishna consciousness means to glorify Krishna, to glorify his devotees, to glorify the process of Krishna consciousness, and to give in, in guidance in the process of Krishna consciousness. But at the same time, we should understand that the basic books uh, of this Krishna conscious movement are the books that Srila Prabhupada has given us. That we can keep our understanding of Krishna consciousness very strong and clear 
by regularly studying Srila Prabhupada's books. And uh, by doing that, then, as I say, our, our understanding of Krishna consciousness and how to practice it remains clear and we get strength. If we don't regularly study these books, we may not notice it, but gradually uh, we will become weak in Krishna consciousness. Our, our understanding of what Krishna consciousness is will become diluted. Uh, all the time we're getting propaganda from Maya. All the time we're being influ the, the influence of lust, greed, and anger is all around us. So uh, we can defend us. We can de defend ourselves and keep strong from that attack only by taking this knowledge by which ignorance is destroyed. So I will request the devotees who are here to regularly study Srila Prabhupada's books yeah. and to. Uh, follow those in injunctions in our lives, and then the process of becoming Krishna conscious becomes very straightforward and clear. Of course, life in this material world is, especially in the modern age, is very complex. And exactly how to apply the principles of Krishna consciousness in our in our individual lives may vary from person to person. Awesome. That's why, along with Shastra. The, we have to take personal guidance also on how to practice Krishna consciousness in our individual lives. But any guru or sadhu, that means one who is guiding others, they have to teach according to Shastra only. And that will, uh, by following Shastra, that will give us perfect guidance how to become fully Krishna conscious. Hare Krishna. Are there any questions about this? You, need to, you want to come and speak in the mic? So, if someone is practicing spiritual life, but at the same time he is disturbed by material desires, uh, is it a good way to just engage in more devotional service and like this will go away, or should one um, just satisfy a little bit of the material desire and then? So this applies to all of us. Those who are serious to be Krishna conscious, it's not that... Even by the desire to be serious, that doesn't mean that all the material desires immediately go away. So how to deal with these material desires, Shastra also gives guidance. But as I was saying, we have to see in each individual life also how to exactly apply that. If one can completely sublimate material desires by intense engagement in devotional service, that is very good, that is best. But it may not be, and in most cases it probably isn't, that everyone is immediately to, uh, ready to immediately give up totally all material desires. On the other hand, engagement in sense gratification is very dangerous for those who are trying to be Krishna conscious. Therefore, the Vedic literatures give allowance for, as you have stated, a little indulgence in sense gratification. But even that has to be dovetailed back into Krishna's service. The example given in Shastra is that of riding a horse. In riding a horse, one has to hold the reins and keep the horse in control. But if you make them completely tight, then the horse will jump up and throw you off. So basically the rider has to be in control but he leaves a little looseness, so that at least the horse can move his head a little bit side to side. Now, the other example is, uh, or the other, yeah, the other example is given of in 
Krishna consciousness or in the Vedic culture there are the renounced ashrams and there's the Grihastha ashram. Now the Grihastha ashram that's also ultimately meant for renunciation. But there is some license for sense gratification that Bhaktisyan Sarasarataka has given this. So license for sense gratification that means that you're allowed to practice it under certain restrictions. Just like if you get a driving license, that means you're authorized to drive a car, but only according to the rules of the land. A driving license doesn't authorize you to drive at 150 kilometers an hour in the wrong lane, because by doing so, you'll kill yourself, and maybe others, and uh, you'll get your license taken away also. So a license for sense gratification means within rules and regulations that protect us and protect others that uh, only within the Grihastha ashram is uh, sex according to religious principles allowed. But that also, that under, with proper consideration for the purpose of begetting Krishna conscious children, and that Krishna says that uh, that sex life is a representation of me. And uh, there may be other things, just like uh, it's if a householder devotee dresses in very nice clothes with some gold rings with jewels, I don't know if you can afford, but if you can, there's uh, no one can criticize. You should also give donations to the temple. Not only dress himself up himself. <laughs> if he's earning money by fair means and spends for proper purposes, and also has a nice house, and like this, nice clothes, all these things, then there should be no objection. And actually, sannyasi, they may use the nice things of the world also, but not for sense gratification, but for Krishna's service. But uh, that, that license, that little leverage for sense gratification, that is allowed within Grihastha life, especially within Grihastha life, for... for um, but within within the shastric directions, but not irresponsible sense gratification. One should be responsible. It means if you have children, you have to raise them in a conscious manner. Uh, as far as following the rules and regulations of devotional life, everyone should follow them. It's not that one should say, "Well, I'm a grihastha, so it's okay if I drink wine sometimes." There are limits which are beyond the license. So that is a general answer, exactly how in your life that should be applied. You can, uh, in your own personal situation, you can either take guidance from devotees who know your personal situation, or you use your intelligence. We should be very, very careful not to slacken from the basic principles of Krishna consciousness. Even then, if we, if we are going through some difficulty and weakness, if we keep faith in the Vaishnavas and continue to serve the Vaishnavas, then they can help us. Yeah, so any other questions? Hi, Krishna. I'm uh, now I would like to ask you today something. Mm. Beg me to forgive me for the for if I say something wrong. Yeah. In Krishna Koshna's mood I was attracted by the truth that I read and the songs. I'm not a very great fan of it. 
as you stated, the uh, original ragas that are there in traditional Indian music, they are imported from the spiritual world and they help to lead us back there. Whereas the sounds of rock music, they are hellish sounds of... They are sounds which are born of lust and anger. Undoubtedly, rock, is, rock music is an extremely popular medium at the present time. So it may be that to... It, it may be that some people who wouldn't otherwise be attracted to hearing the Maha Mantra might be attracted by hearing the rock music, by hearing it set to rock music. On the other hand, there are also many people who are attracted to the pure sound of Kirtan. So there may be some scope for attracting people in an initial stage to Krishna consciousness by setting it to modern music. But that isn't the kind of sound that devotees should try to cultivate in their own lives. They should cultivate attraction to the original pure sounds of the spiritual world. Any other question? See, they're chanting Vishnupanishad <laughs> with complete misunderstanding. It won't help them at all. All right, well, having said so much, I'll stop there. I'd also like to, as many of you know, I've written several books and I'm also trying to distribute these books because this is my service to my main service to Srila Prabhupada and two of the books I, I have here are actual directly glorification of Prabhupada one is about my personal memories of Srila Prabhupada and the other is uh, the other is glorification, directly glorification it's called My Memories of Prabhupada and this is Jai Srila Prabhupada and uh, one book is a biography of Vaishnav Saint Bhangshidas Babaji and the pastimes of Lord Ram Ramayana these are available, these books are in English and the Vamsi Das Babaji book is available in Croatian, Hrvatski, Hrvatski. So I request you to kindly take these books and help me in my service to Prabhupada. And you will also benefit from reading them. So they are available at the back there and I can sign them also. There's also this book here, Brahmacharya and Krishna Consciousness. It gives guidance to devotees actually in all ashrams on how to practice Krishna consciousness very seriously according to the directions of Shastra. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna.